Hey guys, what's going on? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Overcoming Mental Health Challenges podcast, aka OMHC podcast. I'm your host, Evan Transu, aka Health Coach Ev. I'm super excited to have you guys here. If you are just tuning in for the first time, it might be a benefit for you to click the back button on whatever screen you're viewing this on and go to the first episode where it's just me talking. I'm not doing an interview, but I kind of give the background on why I'm doing this and what this is all about uh, more in depth. But I can give the short rate now. And the short is basically what we're doing on this podcast is we are interviewing real people with real stories uh, regarding mental health um, and people who have real resolutions, right? So these are people who have went on to live an otherwise normal and productive life. This does not mean they're perfect. Uh, they are not going to be perfect speakers. That's not what we're looking for. We're looking for the realest people possible because um, I've realized that sometimes that is who can connect best with the individual suffering. And I think that's about all of this. Uh, so keep in mind, guys, some of these people hopping on this podcast, they might never have shared their story publicly before, and they might never share their story publicly after. You know, they took the time and they took and had the courage to come on here and do this to help other people. And in a way, you know, they get to help themselves at the same time, which is great. It almost acts as a therapy sometimes to just kind of get everything out. So I have a huge respect for the people, excuse me, who aren't doing this normally and still have the guts to get on here. I think that's super pow powerful. Um, today, we have an awesome guest. It is my friend, Oliver. I only met Oliver within the last year, but it is just one of those friendships where, especially because of the environment that we're always in, we've become super close and we've had some awesome stories together. It's crazy to think that I have you know, better memories with Oliver than certain people that I've known for 10 years just because of we're in a very lucky situation where we get to all work together as a group um, with some mutual friends that we have. And we really just get to do some really cool things because of that. So I just want to check in. Oliver, are you there? What's up? What's up? I'm here, man. Okay. All right. Oliver brings in a lot of energy, guys. So I'm super glad to have him. But um, I'd like to just dive right into it. If you've heard the second podcast, you know that's exactly what we did. Um, Oliver, man, just to start out on a lighter note, I just want to know, and this has, you know, it doesn't have to be anything with anxiety, depression, or anything like that. Uh, what were you like as a kid? Like, you know, the good and the bad, if you want, but mostly I want to focus on the good. Like, what was Oliver like as a kid? Um, I mean, so as a kid, um, I was really hyperactive. Uh, I remember, uh, you know, supposedly I was diagnosed with ADD or ADHD, um, even I remember my parents telling me I was, you know, I took Ritalin for a period of time, um, which they took me off of because, you know, I wasn't myself. Sure. Um, but very much a kid that was like, you know, I was bouncing off the walls. I was um, I was just like one of those like happy go lucky kids that would just like run around like not be able to like not be touching things like i'd have to be playing <laughs> with something like i had velcro in my desk when i was in like third grade because i just had to be touching something um and then um yeah i mean i was always like a kind kid i was quiet um when i kind of went into um a new school uh, when my when we moved so i'm um, kind of middle school um didn't really didn't really say much kind of just like to sure. myself but yeah um, and 
how was the, you know, how was home life? Was home life good at that time? Was the environment that you were in overall good? Uh, so my, my dad was a, a doctor and, um, and mom kind of just stayed home. Um, so when I was a kid, um, I didn't see him a lot. Um, my parents got divorced, um, sometime around, um, like I, I was young, I really can't remember, but sometime around between, um, between the age that I was like five to like nine. Okay. Um, and there was a bunch of things happening during that time that like, I was just too young to, I guess, to really be aware of. And my dad also suffered from bipolar disorder and he was at that time, um, I guess, resorted to um, alcohol. So, you know, um, there was times where there was some big fights um, with my dad and my mom. Um, no, nothing, no hitting. He never hit her. Um, just a couple of uh, furniture being thrown around. But, sure, you know, I mean, besides that, um, it was, I don't know, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. Uh, my brother had, uh, um, has, uh, like high functioning autism. So, um, that was, a, uh, you know, as, as, as a kid, as younger, um, you know, he's still my older brother, but you know, in the way his brain works, he's still like, he's still like a kid in a sense. And sure. There was a point where I actually like grew up like older than him. Like I became his older brother to a sense, but I mean, yeah, the home life wasn't, um, I wouldn't say the worst, but definitely not the best just with the, the way that they got divorced, how young I was, how I didn't really know how that was happening. Um, the way my mom was, um, I mean, she must've been going through something else cause um, she was struggling as well with her mental health. So, um, there was kind of issues on both ends that I didn't really know about until, you know, a couple of years ago. Got it. Got it. Okay. And I got to ask, man, just because I, <laughs> I love how your mind works. You know, you're very interested in a lot of different things. I've never asked you this. What was your favorite thing to do when you were a kid, like in this stage? Like what was your favorite thing overall that kept your attention uh, most? Like what, like age range? I mean, the one that you were just describing now, you know, like kind of, you know, maybe the five to 10 range, whether it's in school or outside of school, whatever. Um, I really liked, um, I really like Legos. Um, I would just like buy Lego sets and like build them. And then I would just like build whatever I wanted with the Lego sets. Um, and then besides that, I mean, played video games. If I wasn't playing video games, I was like playing with my, I was playing with my toys. I had like all these like plush dolls of like Sonic and like Knuckles and like Mario and Yoshi. I would play with those <laughs> guys. Like I would run around with sticks and pretend like I was fighting ninjas. Like I was. <laughs> right. Yeah. You uh... can take pretty much anything and make it fun. So that's why I was curious. And of course, Legos is exactly what you would pick because Legos can become anything you want it to be that day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can create it as anything you want. So that's cool. But, um, I mean, obviously, okay, you started out, I, I appreciate stories like these because um, it's similar to mine in the sense that I started out as a normal dude, right? Like there wasn't any inherent problems. And I think sometimes people think 
mental health issues are just a they're you're from the womb, something someone has. And that's and that's not really always the case. So for you, when would you say that these mental health issues begin and kind of how did they come on? So now, well, when I think back um, to when I was a kid, I would definitely say I had some type of anxiety. Um, just I was, you know, I was anxious just to be called on in class. I was anxious to go knock on my friend's door, like call someone. Um, I always wanted other people to do that uh, when I was in school, Mm -hmm. even to the sense of someone um, in the beginning of school when they just call your name and, you know, say your name, raise your hand or you do an icebreaker like that stuff gave me like really bad anxiety. Like my stomach would just drop. And it's really too sense of like no apparent reason. Like, why am I so anxious about this? Um, and so I, I never really thought about that as a kid. It's like I had anxiety and just thinking about it more and more. I, I, you know, I don't know if that's normal. I don't know if like people are feeling that, but I feel like when I was a kid, I, I guess I did have a sense of um, anxiety in that, you know, that got a little worse. Um, I I swam in high school, um, and I swam before high school in the summer. And I would get really bad anxiety for that. Like, that, I guess it was almost the pressure. Um, you know, like a performance anxiety, maybe? Yeah, yeah, it was, like, performance anxiety. And I, you know, that's almost the sense of, like, everything else. Like, I was, like, I don't even know. I guess I had anxiety that like I was going to say something wrong and I was going to sound like an idiot or like I was going to get the question wrong. And like, I think it was anxiety of being judged um, in a sense, which is what it, which I feel like is what it came down to. It was like, I just had this anxiety of like, I guess like failing or like, you know, being judged. Um, and that came with the performance anxiety. Okay, cool. But, and then, yeah. I know as time went on, um, obviously, unfortunately, uh, it went from, you know, this anxiety to uh, yeah. kind of more things with depression and stuff like that. Can you touch on more how that came to be and, and what happened that led to that? Yeah. So the depression basically happened from, um, well, there wasn't, there was actually an event before the big one. Um mm-hmm. Basically, I got involved with, um, uh, I was basically, you know, I'm selling weed in high school and, you know, I shouldn't have been doing that. I got around bad people and I basically got robbed for like a thousand dollars. And I, that almost like made me depressed. But what happened after that was, Basically, in the summer of 2012, my dad passed away from a very rare heart disease called giant cell myocarditis. And basically what happened was I went and left for two weeks for a swimming and dive camp in Indiana University, which he was alumni to. Uh, You know, I come back from that. And in a week, uh, my dad's sick. He's in the hospital. Um, this, this, This person, this man is, you know, my superman. Um, you know, and, you know, he's in the hospital and a week later, um, he's on a machine at Penn, at Penn in Philly. 
Um, he had to get flown over there because when they did a biopsy on him, he just died. Mm-hmm. And so that happened. I visited him. I mean, even in that sense, you know, I still had hope like, you know, this one, you know, this can't happen to me. This can't happen to him. Um, and there was basically a point where I didn't see week. Um, and, you know, I was sleeping over my friend's house, my best friend's house. And um, his dad um, was my was my dad's best friend. And he was going almost like every day. And, you know, he was asking me, hey, like, you want to come? And I, you know, I, I really don't know why I, I said no. Oh, those couple times. I mean, he was kind of like, yeah, I mean, he's, he's in the same situation. Like nothing has really changed. And I don't know why I said no. And I went on this three day binge of concerts i went to um uh, i went to this block party in philly i went to like Wiz Khalifa mac miller concert and then i went to an mgmt concert it was like the weekend of um um in august is when he passed away and it was it was like a baller time and then i just remember getting a text from my sister um because i slept over my friend's house on sunday and it was funny because my sister was at the same concert Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, nobody knew where I was and I didn't answer my phone ever. Um, you know, she left that concert to go see my dad. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't answer people. I was on drugs and stuff. And so having that hit me in the face, um, definitely just like blew my world up. And the thing was, I didn't know how to cope with it um so that kind of led me to you know taking more substances you know net net i didn't really t- i never took any like pills or anything it was just like a lot of weed smoking and hallucinogenics and i mean not like binge drinking but like on the weekends like i was drinking um mm-hmm. so that was basically the start that induced depression because i just remember sitting in school and you know when that semester started I was just it was just like I just felt empty and I just it was hard for me to like look around at everybody and just have this sense of like you know just you have no idea what's going on like you have like um I felt like I went to a school that you know a lot of people were just like well off with their families um, just the wells in that area so um, it was very hard to deal with that, but I made the mistake of suppressing it deep down. Sure. And can you put in perspective for people just because I'm not even sure what age were you when this happened? Oh, so sorry about that. Um, that's okay. That's okay. I, this was 2012. He passed away 2012, August 6th. And I was 16 years old going into my sophomore, not my sophomore, my junior year of college, not college, geez, high school. Gotcha. Yeah, no worries. Um, Did you, well, I guess I should group this with this other question that I have. I was one of these, I mean, after this, you kind of dealt with this anxiety this whole time. Um, And I I know this is almost like two separate things, right? Like you have this non-circumstantial anxiety where there's no real rhyme or reason for it, it seems. And then we have this very specific circumstantial depression where it's very obvious what happened with that. So I, I don't want to separate them, but almost, you know, when did you realize mental health was an issue? Because you really hit a nail on the head 
uh, with the anxiety thing that I think is so relatable to so many people. I know myself when you said, you know, you didn't really think about it when you had that anxiety as a kid, you weren't like, Oh, this is anxiety. This is social anxiety, whatever. Like it's just, that's what Oliver does. That's what Oliver feels. Right. So when came the point, and if there was two separate points, that's fine. But when came the point where you realized, okay, mental health is, is an issue for me. Like I, this is what I'm going through. Um, well, there was a point where it was my senior year and, you know, even that, even my junior year, like I was better than like what happened my senior year. Like my, my junior year, I did a very good job and just like, just ignoring it. Um, and just like to a sense, like I, I, I didn't really accept it. Um, and I just kind of put on that smile kind of put in that face like huh yeah like you know i'm good or whatever i don't even know what i really did i just mm-hmm. um and then I don't know, and then it came to like senior year and it was around it was around what was it it was around the fall and kind of during that time i was talking to someone that i kind of had a crush on for a couple years um in high school and we kind of had a thing and, you know, she went to college and um, so obviously she didn't want something. But basically, you know, I kind of said like, hey, we're official. And then it came to a point where she came home and I essentially just ignored her. And something I remember that I did was just didn't help at all. I don't think one, um, the smoking helped. Um, two, I don't think the drinking helped. And three, um I wasn't taking hallucinogenics like all the time, but I was taking them like, I don't, I wouldn't say once a month, but I was taking them. Um, not regularly, but I don't think that helped either. And sure. I remember it was after one time I took it and I just like completely ignored her. And then that just almost like that, like just like opened it up and just like sparked this, like I quit swimming. I've swam my whole life. I swam all three years in, um high school um it was my senior year i basically got voted as the captain i was okay. literally the captain i was put into a position of leadership in a sense put in a position of like hey it's going to be up to you you know you're going to be basically be, you know be first in these meets like you're going to be the captain like people are looking up to you because you've been on the swim team for three years and like my coach knew me for years before that because i swam during the summer and i swam year round sometimes um with him and basically it was like some weekend because we had Saturday practices. I was like, nope, I'm done. I d- like my grandma was taking me to, um, to swimming. She went, she took me to swimming all those years because she loved seeing it. And I basically okay. just quit. I literally just quit. I was like, no, I'm done. Part of that was a sense of an excuse that the anxiety, like I hated swim meets. Um, literally, I was the grumpiest person that you ever met during swim meets. I hated them. Um, and, and, and like, it just wasn't me. Like, people would, like, not come up to me. Because, like, if I talk to someone, they're like, oh, my God, he, like, said something to me. Like, (laughs) it was, like, it was, like, a thing. But, no, I quit swimming. Um, I completely ignored um, um, that person at the time. Completely ignored her. Basically told her, you know, don't talk to me. Like, you don't need me in your life. Um, Completely depressed. Um, There was a sense of just feeling, like, completely worthless. Um, I remember I was... Like that New Year's that year um, was like 
I think it was the New Year's of 2014 because that was my senior year was like probably the war- one of the worst points of my life I've ever been at. And I got to a point where I went to a psychiatrist, said that, you know, I need something like I'm, I need it. Like, um, and he basically just diagnosed me and he, uh, gave me Prozac, um, which I think I, whatever it was like Fluxitin, which is basically just Prozac. But sure. Sure. Took that. Um, and you know, I took that for a couple months and I, that to the answer of your question, I, I've been talking a lot, but to the answer of that question is yes. Like 2014, when I was a senior in high school, I kind of realized, all right, this is like an issue. Like I just, you know, completely blew up all of these things. Um, and I feel like completely hopeless. And I took the medicine and the medicine did help. I started to be feeling happier. Um, and that was kind of where um, I guess I, I realized that. And then um, there's, there's a lot more to that story of like me more realizing like the past four years, four or five years um, from even that point, from like just college and my senior year, I've realized more. I mean, I'd love for you to touch on that, man. Yeah, whatever, you know. Yeah, I mean, screw it. I mean, I'll go through the whole story. I mean, sure. basically, I got together with um, a girlfriend at my time. The girlfriend at that time, um, which was the same person. Uh, basically, she was like, F you. Um, I was like, hey, no, talk to me. Basically, she gave me another chance. Um, because I, I, you know, I was feeling better. I don't even know. And... Uh, I mean, in essence, I would say that I, you know, I pretty much like fell in love and those emotions, those um, endorphins, those feelings um, that kind of made me happy, made me happy being with her. And that caused me to be like, oh, you know what? I don't need this medicine anymore. Like you're my happiness. Like this is my happiness. So I stopped taking the medicine um, because I didn't want to rely on that to be my happiness. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to rely on a pill for that to be for why I'm happy. So, you know, that relationship happened. Um, Mistakes I've made were that I was putting my happiness into that person, into that relationship. I don't necessarily agree now that you should do that um, because I definitely wasn't happy with myself. Always dealt with confidence issues. Um, Still do at times, but, you know, that's like an ongoing battle. Mm -hmm. But, you know, fast forward, you know, the relationship was good. I actually remember going into my freshman year of college and because I wasn't going to be with her and it was a long distance relationship she was in North Carolina I was at Bloomsburg University of Pennsylvania um it's like you know that's eight hours away you know I thought to myself oh I'm going to need to you know take more medicine I actually got prescribed again um um antidepressants because I was thinking like oh and it wasn't a high dose it wasn't the same amount of dose it was like a lower dose okay but I just took it because I was like, oh, you know, I'm not going to see her. I'm going to like, you know, I'm going to be sad. I'm going to be depressed. And I don't think it was even like a week. And I was like, you know, I was like, F this. I don't want to rely on this for me to be happy. I don't need this for me to ha- be happy. Like, I'm going to cultivate that myself. So I actually was like, no, I don't need this. Um, and I mean, I was, I mean, it was difficult. Like, the long distance was difficult my freshman year. Uh, but I wouldn't rest. Um, in the sense of how I, how I have felt before. Um, and it wasn't, you know, I was good for a couple of years and then it kind of, 
uh, it kind of hit me again. Um, what was it? I think it was sophomore year or uh, it was junior year. It was junior year of college. Um, going in the fall uh, again, fall. I don't know what it is, but um, start. I'm you know, starting to think that there's a pattern because that junior year of fall. Um, I got I got depressed again, um, and actually, sorry, it wasn't junior year or fall. Um, it was actually no. What am I saying? Yes, it was. Sorry, that's <laughs> yeah. okay, man. No worries. Yeah, no, no. It was it was junior year or fall. Um, it was actually a little bit of spring of that year, and um, I guess that was 2016, and that kind of happened for like no apparent reason. Um, I mean, I, I've had, you know, during that time I had multiple breakdowns of my dad, um, just of, you know, that hitting me, that coming back to me. Um, you know, I had multiple breakdowns, but it wasn't to a sense of that, you know, I was actually fairly, um, fairly happy in the sense that, you know, I took this mindfulness class and that really helped me realize, you know, your perspective and my perspective. And, um, I came with a, core philosophy that everything happens for a reason could you um, i'm sorry i don't want to cut you off but just for people listening because i think that's such a cool point um and you're already it, it's nice you're kind of transitioning effortlessly into the part that i like to get into you know with what worked and what didn't work for people but you just touched on mindfulness really quick could you just sidetrack and could you explain to people what mindfulness uh is in your own words so mindfulness is the act of being in the present moment and being in the now. So mindfulness to me is basically hearing the birds chirp, seeing the trees wave in the wind, smelling that fresh baked pie, smelling the fresh air, (laughs) um, looking and hearing someone you're talking to and complete um, in that complete present moment without you thinking of something else being being mindfulness is not thinking about the past or the future. It's being present. It's being mindful of how you feel. It's being mindful of what you're hearing, your senses, focusing on what's happening right now. We did a practice in the college and it was basically a mindfulness meditation of, you know, close your eyes and feel the, you know, feel the earth beneath your feet, feel the, the seat um, you're sitting on, just hear, try to listen and hear what other sounds you can you hear when you focus on that. Um, it can be just trying to look and, you know, focusing on what you're seeing. What else can you see when you focus on that? It's um, the sense of just being present. Okay, great. Thanks. So, so you took that class and then, yeah, so that class kind of helped with me just becoming more mindful, me realizing my core belief, because that was one of the things she talked about was like, what is your core belief? Um, And, you know, thinking about that, it was everything happens for a reason. And the reason I said that was because I truly believe that your perspective towards the things that have happened to you in the past, especially if those things that happened to you in the past are a cause of feeling anxiety or feeling depressed is that 
you can change that perspective. My perspective before of my dad passing away was that I was not supposed to be happy and that God hated me and that I, I literally thought I wasn't supposed to be happy. Um, thought it just wasn't for me. All these other bad things were happening even after it. Like I kept getting robbed. I got held at gunpoint twice. Like just like really bad things. Like I was just in debt with people. Like it was just bad. And I just was like, okay, like I'm not supposed to be happy. And, you know, obviously like sometimes a relationship can get you out of that. And that's kind of what did happen. Like I'm so thankful for that person and for that relationship. And that that did essentially did get me out of it. But it was that perspective of me looking at, you know, those things have happened to me for the purpose of me to like make some type of difference mm-hmm. um, for the purpose of me to be on this podcast, talking about the story for the purpose of me to be able to relate with people in some manner um, to maybe just feel a little bit more thankful in my life. Like it happened for a good reason and I can't think of it in any other way or I'll get depressed because any other reason why my dad was taken, why my dad passed away would be negative other than that. It happened for a reason for me to help other people, for me to make some type of impact, um, for me to have a different outlook. So, yeah, sure. That really, yeah, that really shifted it. Um, but, you know, that also didn't stop depression from happening again. And I dealt with depression, as I said, going into my junior year, um, fall, junior year 2016. And, um, it was, that was almost no apparent reason. I was sleeping in. Um, I was sleeping in days. I was not getting work done that I wanted to get done. You know, I was trying to do other, other work. You know, I wanted to be, um, I wanted to basically build a business and I had ideas and I, um, bought courses and all these other things, these resources to help me. And just got to a sense where I don't even know why it was. I was just like, I just felt completely unmotivated and completely helpless again. Um, and you know, it came to an adage that I basically lied to my partner at that time that I was depressed. I actually, you know, she asked me and I was like, no, I'm not, Mm -hmm. you know, in my mind, I'm like, I'm strong. I don't want to burden you. Like she was in med school. I didn't want to like, you know, obviously I can't, you can't do that. You can't just decide that for a person but i was trying to be a big strong manly man you know i can deal with it myself i don't need your help um if you're in a relationship don't do that tell the person <laughs> get help doesn't matter what they're going through you can't make that decision for them tell them but i didn't do that i lied and then i actually posted it on social media that i was depressed uh for the past couple of months and that i was feeling better and she found out through social media and that was something that really hurt the relationship. And during that time, also, I got in a car accident um, and I got a concussion, which during that time kind of like like that also made me depressed. Like I wasn't working out um, as much. And really, anytime I felt like I wasn't working out or like eating great, like I also felt like crap. And that like include that just like heightened my senses of helplessness of not getting up not feeling motivated and like i've had serious times of like discipline like i remember doing a weight uh fitness challenge and i didn't drink for an entire like i drank a little bit but i didn't go out and i didn't drink for like 
almost an entire semester of college. And like God knows how hard out. that is at college, my friend. Yeah, yeah that's like, like that's unheard like, of. <laughs> yeah. My friends were like, oh, yeah, let's like, go out. I was like, no, nah, dude, like, I'm doing this thing. Like, you know, I'm trying to win this, like, 250K. I don't know what it was. Yeah. But it was just something <laughs> ridiculous. I was just like, nah, man, I'm super disciplined. Waking up, doing morning cardio and, like, going on these low-carb diets. Like, being super strict. And obviously, that didn't last, you know. No super strict diet lasts like that. But, you know, it was just like, why am I not disciplined? Why can I not get up? Why don't I have this motivation? Like, and then me basically, like, lying in the sense that i was feeling depressed because i had to feel some type of manly way um that, that that's such a good you know, point man that's i'm again i'm sorry to cut you off but you're just hitting on so yeah, many yeah. powerful points i i have to ask this while we're on that topic how do you think having mental health issues and talking about mental health issues is different for you as a male versus being female or maybe you don't think it's different at all well, I think as um, a female, they get the um, they almost have the perspective of like, oh, this is all about feelings. They talk about their feelings and all about the feelings. How do you feel? Just like you know, normal things that every human should actually be able to do. And mm-hmm. as a guy, you're like, no, I have to be strong. I don't have to talk about my feelings. And almost there's this like, you almost get a sense of like why am I feeling this way? I shouldn't be feeling this way. I'm a little bitch. Why? Like, yeah. It's like, you know, like, I'm like, why am I feeling this way? Like, why, why am I unhappy like this? There's no reason I should be. Or like, why, why can't I get myself motivated? I don't want to like seem weak. Um, and I think it's hard for men to, you know, come out and say that, like, I'm dealing with these mental health issues. Like I'm like, I'm not motivated. Like I'm, I, I don't know what's, what's wrong. Like, Maybe I have, like, I don't have as much of a sense of a purpose as I did. Like, all these things that are, like, masculine and that show that strength. Like, you don't want to show that weakness, um, especially to, like, your significant other to, you know, you don't want to show that weakness because you don't want them to, like, perceive you as weak. Because you're, like, you're, a lot of times you're that, you might be that other person's rock. Like, you might be helping them um, through something. And, you know, it's, you know, you don't want to it's almost a sense of a a lot of people, why they don't talk about their emotions or their feelings is I don't want to be a burden. I don't want to burden you with my issues. And that's just not, that's not fair for you to do that to yourself and for you not to tell the people that care about you that. Wow. Yeah, absolutely, man. And you know, I, I don't know if that's just something that us guys inherently have or society's promoted it or whatever, but I like what you're saying, because you know what, regardless, even if it's, quote unquote, you know, society promoting that, it's our responsibility to be greater than that. Right. And, and step away from that and say, hey, no, this is this is who I am. This is what I'm going through. Um, that has been by far, especially just with the type of personality I have, one of the toughest things for me, you know, and it, it's something I admire about Oliver a lot. He does a great job of still being. You know, he's everything that you expect out of a guy. And he also is just very fluent, very effortlessly or seemingly effortlessly, you know, is willing to talk about the more emotional stuff. And I think that's actually a huge symbol of, of strength uh, for a guy rather than weakness. So I, I think there's so many people out there, man, that would be listening to this, especially as a male, and just really appreciate what you just said. So um, thank you. That, that, that's great. Uh, one of the things I also wanted to get to is because I know we're already almost hopping into these, the positive coping mechanisms here, but just out of curiosity, what were the negative 
coping mechanisms? What were the things that maybe you realized or didn't realize you were doing to try to feel better uh, that just didn't work? Um, eating. Mm-hmm. Eating was probably one of the biggest coping mechanisms. Um, definitely like smoking at times, drinking. Um, um, and it, it was like, it was weird too. Like the drinking was like, I would, I was drinking knowing I was drinking cause I wasn't feeling great. Well, the yeah. eating was more so that like, I, the eating was more so just like, fuck it. Like I, I just remember in college, like I, we had these like coupons for like Arby's, Wendy's, Burger King and like Taco Bell and stuff. And I would just be like, no apparent reason. Like I should have been productive. I should have got work done. And I would just go and just. I would go and I'd spend like 20 bucks on this fast food, just shit, shit food. Um, yeah. just sit there, eat it all and watch Netflix and then like probably pass out after and just feel like ass. And then during that time, um, this wasn't even like junior year. I, I know I probably did it a couple of times junior year, but like basically after that, when I had the concussion and I got in a car accident, I did get better um, in a sense, but I, um, you know, my senior year, um, you know, it was happening during my senior year of college as well. And it was just, it was, I was just doing things that I knew I shouldn't be doing, but I was just like, you know, I structured my classes, so I didn't have any morning classes. And I actually sometimes didn't even have class on like Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, like a late night class because hashtag I cheese the system, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I, I was like sleeping in like late like that was another i guess like thing i wasn't realizing i was doing is i was sleeping in late like i would just sleep i would look at the clock and be like you know i'd be like yeah you know what i'm gonna get up at um like eight today i'm gonna get up at seven i'm gonna work out you know i'm gonna be productive plan my day uh no i look at the clock and i'd be like oh i'm still tired i need more sleep or some something and i would just boop click it so what time would you go to Dude, sometimes like twelve, sometimes like two, sometimes till I oh! had like sometimes till oh, I had class at like sometimes I'll stay in bed like literally almost all day to like four or something. Like if I had class at like four, like five, I would just like stay in bed, just like just sleeping, just like going back to sleep, um, and just feeling like really just feeling like helpless. It was just a feeling of like I don't want to get up, like the feeling of being in my bed is better than me like getting up and living my life. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Do you think the college scene made this worse? Do you think it made it better? Do you think it had no effect at all? Um, specify the college scene. I just mean like living that life. Cause you were, I mean, at this time you're, you're living at the college, correct? Bloomsburg. That's obviously pretty I, far from where you I live was, now. So yeah, but I was in a, I was in an apartment. Um, so I was actually off campus and I was with two other roommates. Um, actually my senior year, uh, my, one of my roommates just was gone. Like he wasn't there anymore. Um, so I just had my one other roommate. So I was really almost like by myself, really. Right. Right. Like at least like living like an adult life, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So maybe, yeah. I mean, I just was kind of wondering, because I know a lot of people say, I, I really hear this dramatic back and forth where some people they go to college and this is the worst they've ever been depression and anxiety wise. And then others go and they love the freedom and they think that they're feeling better than ever. So I was just kind of curious, I guess that's what I was trying to ask is 
what side do you think you would more lean on? Like, do you think you would have been better off just kind of been doing your own thing with different groups of people or, you know, was college actually a good thing for you? Um, I mean, I think college was a, I'm the type of person that's not going to say I regret anything. I mean, it, it, what has happened has happened. So, um, I mean, I went to college, I did it. I think, you know, something I could have done maybe is been in more communities, more groups. I, I, I wasn't. So a lot of times I was by myself. Um, and I would go to class and I would talk to people and that would help. Um, I had someone who um, helped me out a lot. Like my last semester of college, I had a professor that really emphasized just a positive attitude and really emphasized like looking for the good in life um, and looking for the good things. And, you know, that just that just that professor honestly almost made like college worth it because um, just the mentoring that he had on me and um, there was also like um, a shark tank type of competition they had like I did that I got to the finals uh, both years the first two years they did it so like that helped with my public speaking and that anxiety and that confidence in myself um, so I, I mean it, it's really depends on how you utilize what college gives you um, I think if you're just kind of staying in and not like interacting with a lot of people um that's probably gonna hit you worse than if you're you know going to different groups and communities and you know having that human interaction that like realistically we all need perfect and yeah i i totally agree i mean um for those who don't know my story i never went to a traditional college i went to like basically a semester and a little more like kind of a semester and a half of community college and um you know obviously that's a different kind of scene but that's what I, I see. So I'm glad that you said that. I think it is kind of how you use it. And I think college can be like the greatest thing in the world, or I think it could be the worst thing ever uh, because it is so easy to fall into that temptation. And it is very, very easy, especially depending on the school you're at, to just completely dive into those negative coping mechanisms, right? Like you can dive into that seven days a week at some of these colleges and it's totally appropriate. No one will really question you for it. Right. No one will judge you. And we always talk about not being judged. I actually think it is good to be judged sometimes, right? Like if I'm drinking seven days a week, I want you to judge me. Um, and I want you to be there for me and then, you know, say, Hey, Ev, that, that's not appropriate. Right. And unfortunately it does kind of breed that. And then again, you know, depending on the community you're around, uh, college can be this amazing thing where you meet incredible people and, um, everything can really kind of just take a new turn from there. So, okay. One of the other things I wanted to ask you, and I know that you had mentioned some of these with the kind of mindfulness and, and medication and stuff like that. Obviously, I mean, I know you've shared with me before, you know, not everything's perfect now and that's not what we're looking for on this podcast. Really. We're looking for realness. So if anything, I'd, I'd glad that it's not perfect, but what were the things, and you can just list everything if you want to, what are the things that have helped you? Like what are the positive coping mechanisms that have made things better for you and gotten you to this point today? Um, I would say um, I kind of have like a, a list of like five things. Okay. Um, the five main things I would say that if I have these things in place and I'm still feeling like severe depression, then like I should look at something um, more. And the first one is honestly exercise. Um Getting your body to move puts your body into an active state. Um, I think depression can come from being in a passive state. You know, um, I'm not saying that's for everybody. 
Um, I get, I think just for me, maybe that, you know, sleeping in, staying in, sleeping was in a passive state. I wasn't moving. So, you know, just the act of like doing jumping jacks and doing push-ups and like get your body moving, um, which releases pause, you know, health, healthy endorphins and positive endorphins that are going to make you feel good. Um, so one is exercise. Two is nutrition. Um, you know, I truly believe what you, how you feel um, is going to come from also what you eat. I mean, if you eat like crap, you're going to feel like crap. And trust me, I'm not saying I eat great all the time. I am a foodie. I can go on these, you know, cookie and donut. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, it's incredible. Like it's actually incredible considering how good he looks fitness wise. Like it's, it's truly fascinating. (laughs) And like, obviously every time I do that and I know like when I eat like crap, I feel like crap. I don't feel great when I'm eating good and I'm exercising. I'm on my routine. Like I feel good. I feel great. And then the other one would be, um, your circle kind of like, who are you hanging out with? Um, your environment of people, um, almost to the sense of like, you are the sum of the sum total of the five people you hang out with. Like you hang out with a bunch of negative people doing, things that you're not really aligned with which is one of the most important things too like i was hanging around friends that weren't like they they weren't depressed but you know there's a sense of like if you don't feel aligned with the people you're hanging out with you're not going to feel fulfilled in that circle of friends like if you have this like vision of what you want to do and who you want to be and those aren't the people you're with you're going to feel bad you're going to feel like kind of crappy and it's going to kind of hold you down because you like might want to help these people you might want to be like yo let's like build something let's like build businesses or like let's like go and do something productive or whatever and, right like, you're right. Gonna, like drink and smoke and party and do whatever and if that's not you but you don't have any other friends like that then you're going to feel bad because then you know like you know that's the friends you have so i think the environment um of the circle of friends you have is really important for would be what are you what are you putting into like what are you consuming in the sense of like media like are you consuming a bunch of um like negative news negative media um or are you listening to like positive podcasts or positive news or um listening to e ebooks or are you listening to motivational videos like what are you reading what are you listening to and i think those things affect you as well like having positive influences in your life through media, positive media is really important for your mental health as well, because those positive things become reinforced. And, you know, five is that, is that mindfulness and almost like a meditation practice of um, just almost stillness as well as um, a practice of um, just being with yourself and understanding your mind um, um, just to, just the aspect of, you know, meditating, even if you feel like you can't meditate, I would tell you to meditate more in a sense, just that, you know, a lot of people feel that way. And it means your mind is racing all the time. Meditation basically helps you to slow that down. And that's what a lot of people need to help with that anxiety, to help with, um, coping with, you know, maybe things that happened in the past to, help them realize that you know the only moment is now and that what was is just that it's what was it's not what is so 
that's something that helped me a lot too is the meditation of you know focusing on what is what is right now and just accepting what was and just like moving forward with a bright future um and a positive um visual of what your future will be helps a lot too so those are kind of five things that you know have helped me um cope with it dude that was totally awesome so guys just to recap the five were you know we had the exercise I'm getting out, getting moving, nutrition. I'm a, I mean, if you know me at all, you know, I'm a big believer in this, you know, what we consume, um, both in food and other ways is a lot of what we are. Um, we have the three, you know, making sure your environment is, is solid. You know, the people that are in it, where are they going? Do they align with your goals and dreams Four, I love this part too. Um, is this is kind of just another form of consumption, right? What are you consuming through the eyes and ears, the media, the sounds you're hearing? Um, the, the gossip that you're listening to or not listening to. Right. Um, and then five, that mindfulness. I mean, those are, if I had to take a natural perspective um, and summarize it, I, I think that hits everything. Um, I think getting outside would be maybe one more thing, but that totally goes in with exercise and just, you know, living a healthier lifestyle in general. So that was totally awesome. man. I love those. Um, I think if everyone was just taught to implement these things at an early age, this entire world would be completely different, but that's another conversation, of course. So, it's, it's always good talking, man. I can't believe how much uh, time we've already spent uh, doing this. It's actually crazy. But I think this was super useful for a lot of people. I want to ask you, though, where are you at now? And after you share where you're at now, what is, you know, the goal for the next year, two years, 10 years, whatever um, you want to share? Um, so, yeah, where I'm at now is basically um... – now, is this with my mental health or just like my life in general? I would just say life in general, man. I mean, you could share the mental health part too. I think that'd be powerful as well. But yeah, just from a general standpoint. Yeah, I mean, right now I am just continuing with uh, personal training. I'm a personal trainer um, at a gym. Um, I'm also uh, establishing more of a role as uh, one of the online lifestyle health coaches for um, our friend's company, uh, Pillars of Growth. So, um, that is one of the main things that is happening and, um, just trying to, at this moment, get my life more, um, organized, um, with getting clients, helping people, um, and really just trying to figure out, you know, what else can I do to positively impact other people? And, you know, my goal for, um, you know, the next couple of years is, um, I mean, in, in 10 years, I want to say that, you know, I want to have you know, at least two books, uh, published and okay, I didn't those know that. books are going to be, yeah. And those, those books are going to be for the purpose of, um, telling my story, almost like kind of how I'm doing right now, as well as providing people with, um, you know, action steps to helping them in their situation helping them be happier and healthier um, with whatever that is. And, you know, I'm studying more on, you know, neuro-linguistic programming and cognitive behavioral therapy. I'm, I'm learning more on, you know, really the, um, the mindset stuff that comes with like transforming people. Cause you know, I help people transform their bodies, but that comes into play with transforming their mind and their outlook. Cause I think, you know, I think everybody's kind of dealing with something, 
um, from their past or dealing with some type of like self-confidence or just some underlining thing that, you know, they might need help with. So um, that's kind of where I'm at. And my goals are just to continue moving forward with um, finding ways to impact people. That's excellent, man. Cool. I, I love it. It's real. Um, it's totally relatable. So that's kind of one of my favorite parts about your story. Where can people find you? Because guys, Oliver is, is pretty big on social media, to be dead honest. So definitely compared to the average person. Um, he's always posting super positive stuff. Um, and not only just, you know, positive rah, 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 but actually useful information, like applicable things. He's always sharing what he's learning with other people. So I think that's really cool. Oliver, where can people find you? So I am mainly on Instagram. You can find me at Oliver, O-L-I-B-E-R, underscore, Phalant, that's F-E-H-L-A-N-D-T, on Instagram is where I'm mostly at right now. We'll be getting a little more involved with Facebook and YouTube, but at the moment, you can find me on Instagram. Awesome. So, guys, that's um, Oliver underscore f-e-h-l-a-n-d-t on instagram definitely please check him out um also if you're not already please follow the podcast instagram it is o-m-h-c underscore podcast that's o-m-h-c underscore podcast oliver i'd like to finish out on this man if there is any i know this is so general but just whatever the first thing that comes to your head is what is the one brief message or point you would like to get across to those listening in order to, you know, maybe just help them or, or whatever you think that you'd like to say. I would say that whatever you're going through or whatever you've gone through, understand that everything happens for a reason and it is your perspective, your, your power of perspective. You have that power to change that perspective to something that can be positive. And that is the hardest time to do that but if you can change the perspective of maybe something you're going through maybe something you've gone to to create a positive outcome then your world will be able to change and it won't change dramatically it won't change drastically. it won't change like in a blink of an eye but you will start to realize you know you're not hopeless it's not you know there is hope happening the things you're dealing with um, are for the purpose of you to grow for you to that are going through a similar situation, um, you know, those things, those adversities, mental health issues, that is, that's adversity. That's strength. You're, you're, when you can grow through that and you can, and know that you can, that makes you a stronger person. That makes you um, someone that can relate to other people who are going through that more. So just understand that everything happens for a reason is good that awesome that's a that's an absolutely great way to finish hey guys if you liked this story and you think a story similar to this from a young adult would be useful to maybe students or schools you're connected to um my name is evan trantu i'm a professional speaker with a company called minding your mind that's mindingyourmind.org um i i we have myself on there as well as um other young adult speakers and, and i really think sharing stories is one of the number one ways to um, influence students. And we want to start as early as possible because these issues are affecting a lot of young adults. So if you're ever interested in that, feel free to go there. Um, please give the podcast a follow on Instagram, OMHC underscore podcast. Give Oliver 
um, a huge shout out and follow on Instagram. I'd really appreciate that. It takes a lot, guys, when you are not doing this on a regular basis to get on something like this and just be completely vulnerable and, you know, just put yourself out there with, you know, the knowledge that you don't know what's going to come back at it. I mean, I have such a huge respect for people who do that. Um, guys, stay tuned for our next episode next week. You've been listening to the Over Mental, or excuse me, <laughs> Overcoming Mental Health Challenges podcast. I'm your host, Evan Transu, and thank you guys so much for tuning in.